A vision without execution is just a dream. Welcome to Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. Like the show title says, Chris speaks with transformative experts and business leaders who share their successes, failures, and leadership tips that will help you transform your business into a success story. Now, here's your host, Chris Elias. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Transformative Experts. I have um, an old friend of mine and colleague, um, a, a former fellow broadcaster. He's doing other things these days. Um, Ken McMullen with me today. Good morning, Ken. How are you? Good morning. Good to be here. Thanks, Chris. It's good to have you here. So um, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun today. We're gonna we're gonna go a little a uh, little different. I still still certainly related to business, but we're gonna spend some time talking about communication communication skills, uh, which. Right now, um, with a pandemic, is um, more important than ever. Obviously, some things will change permanently. So whether you're listening to this live and during the pandemic or you're listening to this two or three years later, what's happening, what's changing about communication styles is, is going to be the norm. Um, you know, video conferencing and, and those kind of things are here to stay. I'm sure we're going to see impact on, on travel, whereas people won't travel as much since we've learned to do this through video. There was hesitation prior to, um, prior to the COVID thing to, for, for people to do video conferencing, but it was starting to build. Now it's taken off and we've gotten used to it. But there are, um, there's all kinds of things still to talk about and um, we, we can always be better at communication and being able to recognize um, what other people are communicating and ensuring our communication is, is key. And so Ken's an expert at that. But um, before we dive into that expertise, Ken, um, you know, share with our guests a little bit about what makes you an expert. Uh, you know, you've got a really great history. So let's, let's, let's hear some of it. Yeah, I'll try. I mean, it sounds weird to say you're an expert in communication. Uh, everyone thinks they communicate well, right? It's other people that seem to have the problem. If we were all good communicators, uh, the world would be a much calmer, nicer place. So there's a disconnect somewhere. Um, yeah, but as far as pedigree, I guess if you want to call it, you know, I do have a master's in communications. Uh, I've spent 30 years at some level in communications, whether it was broadcasting or in professional communications and public relations and, um, and almost every, well, Every aspect of your life involves communications, but there's just a deeper dive into how do we as humans communicate? What does that mean? Are we doing it effectively? And um, somewhere along the way, if something's going wrong in a business, in a home, um, in the world, uh, between nations, you know, even uh, there's a miscommunication somewhere. So we're not all doing it the best we can. Yeah, that's a. Uh there's no but no better truth, and, and and I laugh because you know you make the comment about you know it's, we all think we're good communicators, and it's never us; it's the other side. Communication That's is right. a two way street, though. I can't believe how many times I hear stories from 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 you know leaders and businesses. You know the CEO. Well, I sent them an email. Why don't they get this? They should know this. Right. And um, there's there's that whole other half of it. Yeah. So. That's right. Sending a communication, we think we communicated. The basics of communications, like Communications 101, is there's a sender, somebody sending a message. There's the channel or the medium on which it gets sent. So I'm talking to you right now. I'm sending you a message via this technology, and you're receiving it. There's a receiver, just three elements. It's that simple. But if we were all sending correctly, through the right medium and receiving correctly, our entire lives would be different. Um, 
we, we have low communication skills for the most part, even if we think we have great ones. Businesses statistically on average are terrible communicators because they do just what you said. They send an email and then they wonder why people didn't get the message, receive the message. Um, there's a lot of little variables in there that have to be looked at, monitored. Uh, most businesses do not, almost 70% of businesses do not monitor the communications, meaning they may have strategy. If they do, a lot don't. Some kind of commission strategy internally. But when they implement it, it's, it's, it's just what you said. It's information sent out, but there isn't any process of is it being received? Is it being heard? Is it being understood? Um, and statistically, it's in the 20s. 20-something percent of employees or less feel under-communicated to. They don't know what's going on in their organization. Therefore, they feel isolated. They act isolated. And nearly 80% of communication in a workplace is done by grapevine talk. And that's not what you want. Peer-to-peer, how do they feel? And if you feel under-communicated and then you're just talking around the ice water cooler, it's not going to be positive talk. And you're a culture expert, you know, that's, that's working against your culture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you always want to be as proactive as possible with, with anything you want. You want to make sure that the, the message message gets out. Right. Um, actually I was hearing a story just on, just actually before we got on the air, um, talking to a friend of mine who was, um, who was, uh, you know, working at another organization and he was participating in an all hands meeting with the employees and, and um, the CEO communicated um, just some, you know, some of the statistics that were going on. And, um, you know, as an organization, they're not sure what they're going to do about the vaccine. There's a lot of talk about um, there's a lot of talk about whether some companies may make getting the COVID vaccine, you know, um, mandatory. And of course, there's always the question of, you know, is that a violation of civil liberties? And do people have the right to, you know, to, to reject it. We know that there are people that, um, that don't believe in viruses and are going to choose, or I'm sorry, I say viruses don't believe in vaccines. I keep doing that. Um, they don't believe in vaccines and, um, they, uh, are going to resist getting it. There are others that are very, very pro. It's actually creating quite a divide. And, and we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of things that are creating, divides in this country, not bringing things together, but making things worse. You know, what's been going on with the different, you know, race movements and racial movements. And, you know, it seems like things are just worse than they've ever been as opposed to us bringing groups together. You know, groups are, are being torn apart. You look what happened with, with the political race this year. Um, it, it was just, it was very divisive. Congress is divided. I mean, all you ever hear is divide, you know, dividing and division, but, you know, communication, if, if we have a way to communicate and to listen and to be on the same playing field could be different. So actually back to this, this story. So, um, so he was in this, this meeting and all the CEO did was say, um, you know, we're, we're going to take a look at the vaccine and we're going to decide, you know, we've, been, we've had a lot of people ask us whether or not we're going to make it mandatory. We don't know yet. Um, we're still trying to investigate. And it was like a bomb went off in the room, he said. Mm-hmm. People just started challenging him and pushing back and forth both ways. I mean, right. how could you not make it mandatory? How could you make it mandatory And on, before you knew it? And it was just from a simple, innocuous statement. Right. 
So it's easy to listen to a, a story like that and then play Monday morning quarterback, but let's do it. Yeah. So <laughs> someone has to do it. I'm not yeah. going to do that. So in retrospect, you know, what the CEO could have done or advice for the future of other groups is people want to be heard. So communication is two ways. Um, so those people are already have a lot of information from other sources, wherever they're getting it from. They already have feelings on the topic. So the best thing to do would have let them express those feelings first. So two-way communication doesn't have to start with you. And then uh, great communication would be you communicate and somebody's actively listening. I would say better communication, especially in hot topics, is first, how do you feel about this subject? So this is, as you know, this is what's going on in the world. We all have feelings towards it. Um, let's hear the employees' views on it. Whether you do that in a setting where they're all together, in this case on a, on a Zoom, and they get to just let them vent, let them feel free to talk or to submit it or get their feedback first. Not a pure democracy where, let's just say, who feels we should or shouldn't, but at least when people feel heard really is the biggest part of communication. We're all humans. We want to feel validated. So then a CEO can come back. Not only can he bring data on what the state requires, what the government's saying, what the scientists are saying, he can start with what your feelings are, how you feel about it. That way it's going to validate some with the information he brings. It's going to help him in decision making as well if it goes against what the others feel, they have the data, they have the information, but at least they were heard and he knows how they feel and he can at least show empathy towards them. Mm -hmm. They've been heard. They feel like the company cares. And then it's a matter of their character if they're going to respect the decision. Um, but you've eliminated all areas of just confrontation, I think, of uh, business against people. Um, that'd be my recommendation or something like that. So it takes, I mean you know, a term that we use a lot, it seems throughout the show, self-awareness. And, um, you know, it sounds to me, you know, listening to you, that, again, a high level of self-awareness is, is needed on the front end. I mean, you know, communication isn't just about going out and saying something. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's about having an awareness of what's going on and understanding, you know, not just, um, not just, what point you want to make, but, but how are you going to, how are you going to bring it across who your audience is? How are you going to apply to them? And, and what, what kind of avenues, venues, whether it's technology, face-to-face, -face, et cetera, are you going to bring that information across? Yes. And from an employee perspective, this brings a unique thing too, because employees, you know, can have their policies and this is our policy. This is our culture in the workplace. If you want to work, this is how you need to behave and be. And, with a pandemic situation, you're talking about people's lives and their family's wellness and their extended family's wellness. And it's mixed over your private way more into the public workplace. Um, so you can't stand there as an administrator and sound like you're dictating policies that are personally affecting their lives and families. It has to be approached, I think, a little more two-way-ish. Um, then your typical, this is the direction of the business. This is the decision we're going to make. 
the empathy has to be, and they're not, the employees aren't behind the closed doors where there could be lots of empathy, a lot of great data, a lot of the correct information going on behind closed doors with the other administrators. All the user end or the general staff here is an announcement. They don't know if you took into consideration their thoughts. They don't know what the conversations were. So the more an organization's able to be open and transparent, to include them with voices along the way where things don't catch people by surprise is, is the key, I think. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, we've mentioned the pandemic a few times, but communication flow has been shifting. Um, you know, you really think about what technology has done with communication. And when you talk about, you know, the invasive nature of communication, even from time to time and, and how it inundates us, you know, if I go back to when I was a kid, we had three channels of TV. Oh, maybe four, because you had channel 50. You had the UHF and the VHF channels. And the, yeah. and, um, the UHF channels always had the, you know, kind of the off program, the stuff that the kids wanted to watch, I think, more often. But you had the three main, you had CBS, NBC, ABC. And those were your news sources. That was right. it. Right. If I go back and then, of course, you know, with the launch of 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 cable television, where all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, we've got 30 channels. How could we possibly need 30 channels of TV? Right. Uh, but then you had CNN, which was the first jump to 24 seven news. And even then, I remember when they got launched, many of us would talk about, well, how, what can they talk about for 24 hours? I mean, the news doesn't change that much. Now, yeah. fast forward to today. You know, um, you know, on, on my iPad, on my iPhone, you know, swipe to the right on the home screen. You bring up the news feed. Every minute, news is changing. Right. And so we are, we are continually inundated with information. I won't say we're inundated with communication. I would say we're inundated with information. And, you know, the same is true when we think about access. Um, Yesterday we were talking with a, I was working with a client and, you know, they were talking about how their staff, uh, you know, most of which are working remotely because, because they can in that particular business. And, and, um, and what's, what's occurred is thanks to texts, thanks to emails, they, they're never kind of off anymore. It used to be, you know, you'd come into the office and you'd be there till five, maybe you work late, maybe you work till six o'clock, you do things and then you go home. And when you were home, you were home. You know, there were, you know, go back even to just the 90s, there were no, there was no real email systems. Businesses didn't have them. Texting didn't really exist in its form. So people could go home and turn the world off. If there was an emergency, someone would call you on a telephone, on a landline, as we would call it, right? right. Now today, um, you know, I think about it. Last night, I got a notification from somebody I'm working with in, um, in Europe and um, it was early morning for them. They'd gotten up and sent a note. And, um, you know, it, I didn't need to respond. I probably could have waited till this morning. But what do I do? I see it. I respond. We jump into action. So, you know, what's, what's occurred is this constant flow of, of, of uh, information and um, the kind of the, uh, how should I say this, a lot of one-way communication going on because of technology. This was, go this was starting to happen pre-COVID, pre wouldn't you agree? Oh, for sure. And it would have happened not as fast, but um, the millennial generation works this way in our workplaces and our lives, I think, are going this way anyway. 
you have an older generation of managers and executives with a younger generation that only knows to communicate in 144 characters and to be have the devices around all the time. So it's happened much quicker because of COVID, but I think this transition to this mobile kind of 24-7 workplace and remote was on its way. Yeah, yeah, I think COVID was definitely a catalyst. Um, well, we are, we've reached the end of our first segment already. Uh, as usual, it goes by fast. Let, I want to keep going down this path, though, so we'll take a little bit of break. When we come back, uh, we'll keep talking with Ken. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. True results happen where culture meets execution. The Execution Culture, co-written by our host, Chris Elias, is designed to make your company smarter, faster, and stronger by sharing real-world advice on culture, leadership, and execution. It's time to transform your business with the help of the Execution Culture. The book is available now on Amazon. Click the link on the show page. Is your company or team struggling to achieve the results you would like? Optimize your life, your team, and your organization through clarity, purpose, and action. At Nexecute, we have over 100 years of combined experience leading organizations and coaching individuals to achieve their vision. We design a customized approach to ensure successful execution and optimize your results. Connect better. Grow better. For a free consultation with Chris Elias, visit nexecutegroup.com. That's N-E-X-E-C-U-T-E group.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please send an email to listener at transformativeexperts.com. Now, back to Transformative Experts. And we're back with Ken McMullen. So, Ken, uh, actually, just before we went to the break, we started talking about technology and how technology has been probably accelerated. And we were talking about, you know, millennial communication. And I, I couldn't help but think about a story. Um, this this uh, one parent that I was talking to was telling me about their kid who was dating somebody. And... Um, you know, they, they, they saw him sitting in the, the living room one night and all he's doing is texting, sexting, sexting. And who, who are you texting to? Well, my girlfriend. Why don't you pick up the phone and talk to her? And it was like a whole foreign idea hit him. Right. And then right. he said, well, we never thought about that. And he picked up the phone and called and, and could have a conversation. Can you really communicate and have a relationship through text? And I mean, a lot of people seem to these days. Uh, yeah, they do. It actually, I... Maybe it's my personality. I prefer texting, but it's like the lowest form of communication. So someone who claims to be a communication expert, or at least you claim to me to be, you know, shouldn't 
have as texting their favorite thing to do. <laughs> but it's just, it's almost like companionship. It's like having a pet because you can just text somebody and get a response. It's like petting a dog's head, you know. You don't have to get off the couch. You don't have to go do this. You don't have to engage or prepare. But at the same time, com- communication breakdown really comes down to 7% of communication only uh, so the words we speak are only 7% of how we communicate yeah. the actual words we say so that so that's texting those are just words that's only 7% of the message you're trying to give somebody so there's more arguments more misunderstanding happening on text <laughs> than can be anywhere yeah because yeah. the the rest of the 93 is your tone your your inflection, how you're saying those words, and it's your body language. So phone calls, old school of talking to a girl or a date, is way better than texting because you can hear the inflections. You won't misinterpret. Someone is reading your text based on how they, their insecurities. They can read their insecurities into it. They can read their anger into it. It was a joke. They took it as an insult. It, it goes, it's terrible. With our tones, you can tell if somebody's joking. You can tell if it's sarcastic. You can tell what they're saying. But you still don't have the body language. Body language adds uh, sincerity. It adds, um, it has a whole other element. So you get into the live web thing. It's about the best we can do versus being in person. You only see somebody from the head up or the waist up, you don't get the, a lot of the hand gestures, you don't get uh, maybe exactly what their eyes are doing and a lot of the kind of the micro expressions people can do to give themselves away of their intentions. Uh, it lacks a little bit, but it's probably the best way to go for businesses and things as opposed to if you can't do one-on-one, texting is quick, phone calls are better, uh, the online web thing is probably the best way to communicate short of being in person for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Yeah. I got the images. You're saying that, you know, you can't tell obviously if somebody's sitting there in PJ bottoms and, and a suit on top, I mean, but you know, it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, I was talking with somebody and they were complaining. They were like, well, you know, all these darn zoom calls and I got to get, you know, cleaned up and I got to be prepared. You know, I can't just turn the camera on and, and it's amazing how many people keep their cameras off during Zoom right. meetings, you know, just having said that. But, um, you know, my response was, well, what if you were going to the office? Wouldn't you be getting dressed up? Uh, you know, I, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, if, if you want to keep a work mindset, I think it's important that, that you, you consider that as, as being on a, a Zoom face-to-face is as good as being in the office. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, the other part of communication isn't just speaking, it's hearing, or listening, yeah. right? And we have lots of communication books, uh, seminars. We're talking about communications. But if polled, only 2% say they've ever had any formal training in listening. And when you're on a, when you're not on it, we're using Zoom as like a, a generic, but you know, a web live cam situation. With your camera on, you're forced to pay attention at some level. Um, you could be doodling and doing something else, but for the most part, you're kind of forced to pay attention. In the other avenues of communication, 
you have so many ways not to hear. So distractions. So even if you're talking, if you're not, if you're in person one-on-one, it's hard not to listen. People can notice when you've dazed off and you're in your own head and you're not paying attention to them. On the phone, you can't tell what people are doing, if they're doing laundry, if they're uh, doing something else. Sometimes you can hear it, but they're, you know, taking the dog out. They're not paying attention to you a lot of the time and you don't know it. Of course, texting it's just brief little brain spurts of information and you're doing whatever you want to do. But when we're hearing, even this conversation we have today, um, people can only retain, even if you're active, you're a professional listener, you're listening to what I'm saying. I'm sorry, what but, was that? Yeah, right. Sometimes I forget what I'm saying, so (laughs) as everyone does. But as soon as this conversation's over, you would have forgotten, maybe not you, you're super smart, but the rest of us forget half of everything we just heard. And in the next day or two, the average is we only retain about 20% of anything communicated to us in a conversation or a lesson or, or whatever. So that really goes down if you're taking away... Other capacities where it's hard to listen or pay attention. So if, if you don't have your camera on on a Zoom meeting, you can easily be more distracted. That number is going to go down. Um, so, you know, I have, I have a, a senior in high school and they had classes. They do classes online. Well, they didn't have to be in person. It was just suggested. So he doesn't do it in person. He watches it later. Well, he can, the distraction levels down. If you have a, a teacher looking at you, you're going to pay way more attention and listen. Um, now they're beginning to make requirements. You have to be on, at least for attendance. It's getting a little stronger and such. Mm-hmm. But um, even our capacity, I'm saying a lot of words and you're forced to listen to me. But you can zone out super easy if you haven't already because your brain can work way faster than the amount of words. You can compartmentalize. You can take, well, I can understand what he's saying and I can think about this and what I have to do after the next thing or whatever. But you really can't focus on two things at once, but your brain, I can't talk quick enough that your brain can work. It's not challenged enough is one problem we have. Then women are actually better listeners, science says, because they use more of their brain in the, in the listening function. They use both the lobes of their brain where men apparently use one. They're able to Ours, half of our brain is distracted because it's too easy to hear all of your words. So I just, I'm thinking about other stuff. I'm trying to multitask in my own head. Women have a better capacity to not multitask in their own head and just zero in on what somebody's saying. Yeah. And, and therefore hear more and retain more. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's just gosh, so many thoughts are flying through my head as you as you say all of this. But is it about what I'm saying, or just thoughts about what you're going to do if you're multitasking bit, in your head, or a little bit of both, a little, little bit of both? <laughs> so you know, um, one of the, one of the great things about technology. So even as we record this show, and, and for the listeners who don't know, I mean, you know, obviously times being what they are, we can't do things in the studio. So you know. There, I know that there are radio show hosts, um, and there are times where segments are done just purely via um, audio. Uh, 
but you know, I choose to run my shows with um, with a Zoom video feed so that Ken and I, for instance, or any of my guests and I can can look at each other. We can we can watch and we can make that contact. We can have the eye contact with one another. It becomes it is such an important part of communication. And if you think about it, we've talked about this a number of times. You know, as as we're naturally wired to a, a negative bias, right? Uh, you know, it's our protection mechanism. It's our fight or flight mechanism. One of the things that occurs is whether, you know, and it happens a lot in emails is we see the, um, you know, we see words on paper and if there's a right way and a wrong way to take something, you know, if there's the option and we're not aware of our situation, we're not aware of our triggers, it's very easy to take it the wrong way. Uh, one of my, one of the first projects I ever had when I left the corporate world was, um, uh, helping with the major communication issue within an organization. The communication broke out so bad and people were fighting all the time and they were emailing. You would literally have people on two sides sharing the same cubicle wall that are trying to solve a problem through email. And, <laughs> and it would take days in cases and they go back and forth and they'd get in a fight. And I, had, I, I, I saw situations where these two people had never spoken to each other. They're literally, I mean, stand up and you can look right over the top of the cubicle and have a conversation with somebody. But instead, they're, right. sending, they're sending stuff back and forth. And think about the time it takes, right? The, the time it takes to communicate that way. You send an email or a text. Somebody has to read it. They think about it. They, they then shoot a response back. If the question wasn't right, they send a response that's not really tied or not what the per- original sender, back and forth. And, you know, I've seen all kinds of statistics that say that, that an actual face-to-face conversation will solve a problem eight to ten times faster, maybe longer if you're doing it internationally. I'm not even talking about where you've got time differences, but eight to ten times faster than if you would just pick up the phone and talk to a person or just go see them for a couple of minutes. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so I, I've sat in, as you know, while well, you've led uh, a meeting, and I've told you that I've copied something you do at the beginning of meetings where you go around. First thing you do is not get right to business. You have people, you have a name for it. I don't remember what it is, but where you have people kind of say something positive that's happened to them recently. Yeah. Something it, that effect. We call it our good news check-in. Yeah. Good news check-in. So you may, you may do it for the reason of starting in a positive mindset, getting everyone in a positive vibe in the room. It could be deeper than that. I don't know, but I really like it for that reason. But you also are set, and I have a weekly uh, Zoom meeting with people, and I do this as well. It does set a positive vibe, but you're also communi- you're grabbing people's ear to listen. Yes. In that, yeah, you're showing them attention, personal attention. You're giving them a voice before you even move to vi- business. You're making them feel wanted and appreciated because... They may share something good that happened at work, but they may share that they just got a new dog at home or their kid had a good test score or it brings out the humanity and all businesses and employees are people. And if people feel heard, they feel like they have a voice, they don't feel like they're just a number. Before you even start a business meeting, every single person feels at some level engaged, cared for. Now they're going to not you're going to communicate a message, but now they have they're going to have a much higher retention rate on what you're going to say. Yeah, and 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 so 
you know, it's, it's funny, you know, you talked about starting the meeting off with a positive and that is the surface, right? Um, I don't always, I don't always get into all the science. You don't, don't always have time to, I mean, I always will with the CEO or the people who lead the meetings because we utilize good news checking for a lot of things. Yes, it does start with a me- with, with a positive tone, but the science behind it is about killing the adrenal state. Okay, so this is this is a bit of the science because I think good news checking can also flag where you've got team issues, you've got a lot of other things. It can flag if you've got trust issues, but 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 the best part of the science was is about killing the adrenal state. There was a research project done a um, number of years ago by one of the major universities. It escapes me now. I, I I have to look it up so I can quote it properly. But you know they they would take two groups of people and they'd have one. One group they'd put into an adrenal state. So what they'd do is have them watch either a high action movie, like a 20 minute clip or a um, tearjerker or, you know, a horror film. And then they take the other group and they'd have them watch a 20 minute clip, excuse me, of something very funny. And then they pose the same problem to them. And they found that the group that was in the triggered state, the adrenal state, they've got adrenaline running through the system, took anywhere from three to seven times longer to solve the same problem than the group that was put into the serotonin state, the happier state. Well, they, the science said is laughter is one of the quickest ways to, to trigger. Well, when people come into meetings, they can easily be in an adrenal state. There's all kinds of things that create adrenal states during our day. Think about everything that triggers you, whether it's the news you just read, whether it was a bad phone call you just got off with a client or a customer or even a colleague within the office, whether it's a problem that was just dropped in your lap. There's all kinds of things, and people come into meetings all the time distracted. Good news check-in is one of the quick ways because it forces them to to focus on the positive usually gen- generates some laughter and it takes that adrenal state down several notches and and what you what you've seen in the meetings where you've done this what you saw in the meetings you've joined me on is how quickly we get through problems versus some of the arguments and debates that occur when you don't do this there's a real science behind it right yeah interesting Okay, so let's. Um, we, we've, we're really kind of to the end of our second segment already. So when we come back, though, I want to dive into more of maybe some of the tactics, you know, how, how we can get okay. better at this. I know, for instance, you know, it's funny, but like Zoom is, in, is starting to, to play around in beta with some, some different like filters and stuff like back, uh, what, what is Instagram? Some of those do it where, where you can, you know, they're trying to do things to help people become more engaged. You know, you were able, to, you know, one of, the, one of the first things they did was allow you to change your background around, um, you know, so that people aren't necessarily looking at your messy office or something like that. But, but I want to come back. I want to, I want to take a few minutes and talk about the different tactical things we can do to get better and maybe the things that we can do to be better listeners because communication is two ways. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. True results happen where culture meets execution. The Execution Culture, co-written by our host, Chris Elias, is designed to make your company smarter, faster, and stronger by sharing real-world advice on culture, leadership, and execution. It's time to transform your business with the help of the Execution Culture. The book is available now on Amazon. Click the link on the show page. Is your company or team struggling to achieve the results you would like? Optimize your life, your team, and your organization through clarity, purpose, and action. 
At Mexicute, we have over 100 years of combined experience leading organizations and coaching individuals to achieve their vision. We design a customized approach to ensure successful execution and optimize your results. Connect better. Grow better. For a free consultation with Chris Elias, visit nexecutegroup.com. That's N-E-X-E-C-U-T-E group.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please send an email to listener at transformativeexperts.com. Now, back to Transformative Experts. And we're back one last time with Ken McMullen. Um, so, Ken, I, I, we were talking a little bit, and, and you know, you've got two big users, you've got Microsoft Teams and you've got Zoom. Zoom really came on the horizon prior to COVID, but it's really taken off. I know that there are others. I mean, GoToMeeting has a video source and there's probably many, many more that have popped up on the scene that that I um, that I can't quote um, just because I don't know them all. Um, of course, if any of you listeners are using systems that you like better than these, you know, give us feedback and let me know. Shoot me an email through the system and I'd love to hear what you guys are using. But um, Having said that, you know, we were talking about engagement and, um, you know, they first started by implementing in these meetings, you know, the ability to blur a background, then to substitute another background, you know, look something different. And sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're not. You, you really see pre- people's personalities come out. That can sometimes be distracting to a meeting, though. So I was doing a meeting with a, with a client uh, a couple weeks back, and um, one of them, I, I couldn't tell what was going on with this one guy. It was just really funny, but every time he turned to the, to the camera, something didn't look right. And then all of a sudden, something glitched, and he had two sets of eyebrows. And what I realized was he was using some type of a weird face filter and it kind of made his glasses a little bit foggier and gave him embellished eyebrows, but they didn't track with his face. It was really bizarre. I, I should have called him out on it, but have you seen any of those? Well, yeah, you're looking at one right now, right? So I've got a fake background, a beautiful library, and I fake facial hair, which um, looks, I wish I could really grow it that way, uh, but I can't. As a matter of fact, I was in a meeting recently and I would randomly turn off the facial hair keep talking and obviously it wasn't a real serious meeting people i knew but uh, turn it back nobody ever noticed but uh yeah a lot of wacky stuff so people listening might have have seen this it's when we kind of first started the lockdown stuff but this was so funny to me i'm afraid to tell it because i won't i'll be laughing at the rest of this uh conversation <laughs> it's okay laughter's good because I don't post much. I don't forward stuff I see on Facebook that much. This is one of the rare, and my whole headline to this when I forwarded it was just could not stop laughing. And it's so dumb, but this manager in a company, um, she was having a serious business meeting with her staff, and uh, I don't know if her kid was on the Zoom before her or whatever, but her whole body was a talking potato. <laughs> so it had it had eyes and it would 
gesture as she gestured and it had a big red lipstick lips and it was talking and she didn't know how to turn it off and her her staff was freeze framing it and then of course posted it <laughs> to make it worse and it went it went viral but it looked so funny because you could see the staff just trying to be serious so they don't get in trouble with their boss and there's a boss a potato just uh, having the staff meeting yeah I, I just that happened especially to somebody who's too serious all the time would be just funnier than heck um so there's a tip is utilize technology for you know when utilize it but learn it right and you can have a little fun with it but test it make sure you know how to if you turn into a potato make sure you know how to turn that off or not have it on in the first place except when you're talking to like your grandkids or nieces and nephews or something on mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, as we get into some of the tactics and using some of these things, um, you know, what what strikes me still comes down to listening. And I can't tell you how much we've preached about the importance of listening and communication. And yet people, people struggle. I struggle. I mean, I think we all do. I mean, yeah. I think my wife would tell you I'm not a very good listener. Um, you know, So you said the word preached. So let me jump in there a minute. Yeah. So preached. Preach has a faith connotation to it, even though you didn't mean that. But think about it. Faith is all about, is, is like God speaking to people, let's say through uh, the Bible or something. And then over and over it says, but he who has ears, let him hear. Well, everyone has ears. So even there, thousands of years when people are trying to portray faith issues, they're saying, here's a really good message, but you got to hear it. So there's a big difference between just receiving a communication than um, actually letting it sink in. So, so studies will show that, well, you've probably noticed. When did you start learning about communication, learning to communicate, Chris? How far back? You know, um, I'm assuming you're asking consciously because, you know, in college, certainly they would talk about it, but I don't think we were really learning about it, you know, and um, subconsciously. Yes. Well, subconsciously, I'm hoping I learned started learning about communication as a kid. But I think consciously you don't start actively thinking about it until you've had problems in the workplace later on in life. Yeah. So I would say, right, as, as soon as you're born, people are talking to you. Right. And that's and we're learning communication. And then when they the more they talk and tickle you and and Google, you respond back. You're learning communication. You're learning how to respond back in your brain, of course, is then it's it's connecting all the connectors it needs to grow. And you're really on fire by the time you're in elementary school. So stats show that um, kids having a lesson, they're retaining and listening to like 90% of everything taught to them. Yeah. They even come home saying, I love school. <laughs> well, then, I don't know how many times I've heard that. but <laughs> Well, elementary, my kid did. But uh, by the time they hit middle school, though, it drops off to 44%. Yeah. A kid sitting in class is actually hearing what the teacher is saying. Indirect teaching live outside of all this technology medium in the classroom by the time they get to high school it's in the 20s that and i think that says something to us and what about now is we're we're adults and we think we know it all right uh well when you get adults you realize you don't know it all i guess it's those teen years you you think you do and you're not listening but 
huge declines in in what we're retaining, but we're getting the same amount of communication to us. And if you take that to the workplace, employers think they're communicating all this stuff, but there shows the lack of people sitting directly in a classroom that are going to be employees someday that just Lucky if they're picking up 20% of anything, saying if it was right in front of their face live, much less mm-hmm. an email or some kind of, you know, newsletter <laughs> or whatever. So, so what has to happen for all employees, but especially we mentioned, keep saying millennials, but, you know, the next one is Z, Z generation that are coming into the workforce, the younger ones that have only known not only internet, but high-speed internet. <laughs> yeah. They have no idea. So this is their whole world. Um, it's adapting to that because of this lockdown situation, but it has to change to meet their ways of hearing and working. Um, and there's a lot of tools out there that are beginning to do that. So it, internal communications at its best, used to be a, uh, hey, we got an internet intranet. It's a cool portal you can sign on to, and there will be some information there. And only like 10%-ish of people do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now there's all kinds of software. And this is where if companies are already there, this is where they need to be going uh, like today, is it's social media-based, but it's all internal. It's like Facebook, it's like Twitter, it's all these kinds of ideas, but just for your organization and employees. Yeah. Hits their phone, cool little pop-ups that are like 144 characters, like little Twitter bites, like they like to learn, but it's news on the company they need to know that they're not going to sign into an internet portal to get. Screensavers that have the culture, mission, and the values in a fun, visual way kind of incorporated into their... Uh, screen every day Uh, programs that are internal social media there's one called slack there's a lot of them there's yammer there's a few others yeah Yeah. you set up your own categories your own groups you can go right there on your phone quick you can do a live video you can just ask somebody a quick question like it's a text but it's all internal it keeps the culture growing the relationships growing um, that's that's where you have to be. You have to match whatever is out there the way they've learned to communicate and do things. Oh, it's easy. They've made it easy, software companies, to have uh, little, quick, easy-made videos where companies just put in their information they need and employees... It's like 70 to 80% times more likely to watch a one to three minute video that pops up on their computer screen. That's kind of like kind of fun and animated kind of look, a user friendly right. thing. Gets the information they want. Then, um, then if they were ever to like to read something or an email you sent that had some kind of policy adjustment information <laughs> or whatever it is, um, so there's this thinking of, well, they just need to grow up, put their big boy pants on, get in the workplace, and this is how it's done. But you're talking about a whole generation coming into the workplace. The managers are millennials now, which just changes the workplace entirely. 
Yeah, and so, you know, what strikes me about the video, so, uh, you know, another one of my clients has started using a video server, and they're doing exactly that. They're, they're putting out these one- or two-minute little announcement videos, and you know, like you said, their, their response rates, when they looked at, at open rates on announcements on emails, was, you know, considerably lower than the videos. Um, you know, is it that... You know, is it that as a society, I mean, are we becoming more and more visual as the internet has has all the things available to us made it so we don't really want to read a long email? I mean, do we all have like some level of ADD and it's just that a minute or two video expresses the message faster than, you know, a, a 20,000 letter or, or 20,000 character email? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, so the answer is yes. Uh, it's like I mentioned with listening, why do men have a harder time retaining information that's being given to them and why, I mean, both sexes in general, just women are better at listening, but it's because we can process the information so fast, our mind just goes to multitasking. Okay, this message is coming in, so my brain's going to go do this. So they're used to quick, fast, they can play a video game while they have some kind of Zoom homework thing on the side. They've got texts coming in. They're checking social media. All this, they can scan their news in a minute with just headlines. Um, Not that we need to adapt the business world to the video game world, but I don't... I don't think we, or even myself, it's hard to have the attention span to sit and read a long email. We want it in sound bites. You mentioned like 24-hour cable. Even 24-hour cable, you can watch 15 minutes of it, and you've seen the whole thing, and it just loops, and it's nothing but sound bites. You know, when there was just the three channels, you got more information because they would do an hour-long, 60-minute in-depth. <laughs> Nothing's no. in-depth anymore. No. And there is a niche for that. So... If, if podcasts that are going like an hour into a topic or like this, may, talking about communications for a while, it's a niche, but people are really intent. They want that information. They're seeking out some depth to their information. But in day-to-day information gathering, um, it's all sound bites. It's all visual. It's, 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 um, news has become entertainment. Politics has become entertainment whether it's sad or it's just the way it is. I think business communications, if you want to do it effectively, has to be two-way, and it can be easily done with these like social media uh, internal apps and software, but almost in an entertainment fashion. We want to enjoy our day. This generation, younger one, wants to engage. They want to be part of community. Well, give them the community. Why fight against it? And community is only good for culture, and social media provides the community. Um, I don't. I think we're going to go uphill if we're just scared that they don't have the social skills the other generation had. Well, we don't have the media skills that they have. Um, so, does it matter? It bothered me when my son was coming up, and he wasn't really learning cursive. I'm like, mm-hmm. he looked like a caveman was writing his papers. But turns out he's in college by the 10th grade. He's brilliant. Well, what happened? He didn't need that skill. <laughs> he just doesn't need it. It's almost like a, an elective. Yeah. He needs to know how to get on his computer and get his thoughts down and analyze and research. But if he's going to, he's never going to sit down and be a pen pal and write things to people. Um, I think that's kind of where we're at in society and in business is where are we really at? 
And are we trying to be old school because that's where we are? Or do we need to get business done? And this is the staff we had, and this is how they function. And I think it's the latter. I mean, you know, technology, there have been lots of different shifts since the beginning of business that created change. And there's always the generational thing and the way we used to do it versus the way it's being done. And, you know, our millennials one day will be us saying, well, we used to do it this way and there's some whole new way of doing it. I mean, that's just that that's the natural progression. And I think we do have to progress. The one thing that is absolutely true is that we are in a world of instant gratification. We want we want answers now. We want to move now. We want access to people 24-7. Uh, data is available 24-7. And I think the most important thing is, is that um, we have to stay highly, highly aware of our, our environment and how we are communicating and how others are receiving, probably more so how others are receiving. I think if we understand and we keep an awareness on how other people are receiving us, we can adjust our behaviors. Yes. Yeah. And individually, I think what I'd add to that is how are we listening? Yeah. Are we listening to what other people are communicating to us and would have just a big happy world? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, isn't that the truth? Well, Ken, we've, we've gotten to the end of our time, and it's, it's been real quick. Uh, if any of you want to connect with Ken, you can do so through uh, through me. I mean, feel free to uh, shoot me an email. You can, as, I, as I've mentioned in the past, you can always email me through the Voice America, um, uh, you know, through our channel uh, online. And you can also uh, get me at listener at transformative experts, just T R A N S F O R M A T I V E E X P E R T S. Boy, that's a mouthful.com. Um, uh, you can also find me on, on my, my author website at, at, uh, So lots of ways to get a hold of me. Um, I will be happy to, to, to kick you over, Ken, if you want to talk to him. Uh, if you have any comments on the show, it's, it's always great. Ken, thank you for being with me today. Uh, you know, as, as always, so many times with, with guests, I wish we had more time. Maybe we'll come back on again in the near future and, and, and continue the conversation. Maybe post COVID when we see what happens with our communication. For sure. Thanks, Chris. Okay. Well, that's it for, uh, for this week, everyone. Um, take care, and we will see you next week. Thanks. Thank you for joining Chris Elias for this week's edition of Transformative Experts. We hope you'll tune in again next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And catch our weekly replay on the Voice America Influencers Channel, Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a good week.